ever thought, like, every time I turn around, it's like, do you want to take part in this? Sure. And then next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I have to not do something this week so that I can do something else. Mm-hmm. I feel you, because I'm still taking, I mean, I'm still trying to take as many business classes as I can. And then... I got my I got another notification today saying your 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 painting is due soon. <laughs> oh no. And you've only got a week to get it in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I have to attempt to figure out when I'm going to paint that and get that knocked out. Um I don't know, maybe if this weekend's decent I'll take it to Odd Mall. <laughs> Why not, right? As long as the wind's not blowing too bad and it's not raining, I could probably do it. Yeah, that's it. Just as long as it's not raining. But then I need to get prepared and ready for the for the, the 29th of me teaching. <laughs> uh, this has been nothing but a, 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 I don't know, crazy, just a steamrolling along. I mean, it's good. I'm not complaining. It's just, it's it's insane. Cause I yeah, know- I think, I feel like sometimes I just, like, I know, I know, I see how much you've got going on. Sometimes I wish I didn't volunteer for so much. Mm-hmm. And but then again, if I never did, there wouldn't be so many cool opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have I have a class I'm taking, and then I have two days. As far as I know, nothing. And then Friday, I have my um, opener for the gallery show that I'm in, the High Arts Fest. And then Saturday and Sunday is another art show, basically. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what do you say? You want to? Let's just go ahead and dive on in. Let's dive on in. You want to? Oh, which one do you want to start off? Or do you want to start off with the doggies? Let's start off with the doggies. Okay, I I found this literally like what two minutes before we yeah. start recording, and this was hilarious. <clears throat> it's uh, this is um, different dogs talking basically. It says, "How many dogs does it take to change a light bulb?" A golden retriever. Sun is shining. The day is young. We've got our whole lives ahead of us. And you're inside worrying about a stupid burnout light or burnout bulb. Border collie. Just one. And then I'll replace any wiring that's not up to code. Dachshund. You know I can't reach that stupid lamp. Rottweiler. Make me. Boxer. Who cares? I I can still play with my squeaky toys in the dark. Lab. Oh, me, me, please, let me change the light bulb. Can I, can I, ha, 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 can I? Please, 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 please. German Shepherd. <clears throat> I'll change it as soon as I've led these people from the dark. Check to make sure I haven't missed any. And make just one more um, patrol to see that no one has tried to take advantage of the situation. Jack Russell Terrier. I'll just pop it in while I'm bouncing off the walls and furniture. Old English Sheepdog. Light bulb? I'm sorry, but I don't see a light bulb. Cocker Spaniel, why change it? I could still pee on the carpet in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> Pointer, I see it. There it is. There it is, right there. Greyhound, it isn't moving. Who cares? Australian Shepherd. First, I'll put all the light bulbs in a little circle. Poodle, I'll just blow in the border collie's ear and he'll do it. By the time he finishes rewiring the house, my nails will be dry. The cat, the cat's answer. Dogs do not change light bulbs. People change light bulbs. So the real question is, how long will it be before I can expect some light, some dinner, and a massage? Sounds that seems right. pretty accurate, mm-hmm. actually. I know we were talking about where the what about the chihuahua, but I think the chihuahua would be the one standing on the Great Dane's head. They would be the one who'd end up being able to change it. Well, if you think Cassie how high she could jump, she probably could. 
Or she'd knock it off the table first and then change it. <laughs> yeah, that's about right, I would say. She'd probably just knock it off first and then change it. Then you come back and find the wires chewed first. <laughs> she never unplugged it, she just chewed the wires. It wasn't the light bulb, it was the wires. That sounds about like Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> but we do. I know you picked out some a bunch of good ones this week, story-wise. I can't believe this yeah. is already... Did you... I didn't even realize this either. This is already 55. I did not realize that either. Wow. Dude, time is just exploding. That, that's what we get when we record one every week. Or, well, we try. We've been doing, we've been doing really, really well, though, with, with you and I both being as insanely busy as we have been we've been doing pretty good i think yeah um let's start off with this one this one is kind of creepy and scary all at the same time it's called sinister hunger stones with dire warnings have been surfacing in europe um as europe wilts in the sweltering record-breaking harshness of summer 2018 strange things are happening Mysterious outlines of ancient societies have revealed themselves across the searing landscape but it's not just traces of uh, ghostly architecture resurfacing so too are grim warning gr- grim words of warning which we saw that because um i know you sent me stuff and i've sent you stuff with the uh the stuff like stonehenge that they're finding um underground yeah because of it the the and the what was it wasn't there some brick walls that they found too there were yes some uh, but this one, it says, inscribed boulders known as hunger stones are reappearing in, I can't pronounce that one, Chica? Ch- Ch- I'm looking, um, Czechia, uh, I'm assuming. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say probably used to be uh, Russia, maybe? Yeah. <clears throat> After a prolonged drought afflicting Central Europe, these hunger stones traditionally sit below the waterline of the... Um, Elbe, Ebe River, as it flows through the town of uh, Deccan. Deccan, in the country's yeah. north side. But the water levels um, hitting record low, hitting record lows in Europe. The rocks and the words carved into them have been exposed once more. Didn't we, when we were talking about um, the the seers, wouldn't they talk about stuff like this happening in Europe? Um. I feel it. like at one point in history they talked about it, but I thought like what they were referring to it already occurred. Well, we also know history, and even with this history, it has a habit of repeating. If you don't pay attention, it repeats. Yeah. Um, in the current conditions, more than a dozen of the hunger stones can now be seen, um, recording the low water levels of years and centuries ago. Chiseled with the years of hardship and the initials of authors lost to history, as described by the authors of a 2013 study of historic droughts. The oldest and most famous of these landmarks, known simply as Hunger Rock, contains an inscription that dates back to 1616. Um, if you see me weep, that's what it says. Well, okay. the oldest legible inscription on this particular higher stone is from 1616. The rock um, is numerous droughts going as far back as 1417. So it is. It's, it, it's just repeating itself. So we're going, what, 200? If you look, Well, yeah, if you look at that, that's like every 200 years. It is, yes. So wait, 14 to 16 is 2, 16, that's like 400 years. Well, so, you said 14 to 16. 14, yeah, 14, 17, it's 16, 16. And then it hasn't been seen since 16, 16. So far, that's what I'm getting. 
At least okay, they can, so they can another two hundred years after that. To know be, yeah, it would be two hundred. Yeah, fourteen is sixteen is two hundred. Sixteen to now is four hundred, isn't it? Yeah. So it's twice over because I forget how many. Well, and you know what else? Six four. This also would have been during the Little Ice Age when the winters became very very cold and everything froze, and they had um, special little festivals and stuff during the winter because it was that cold rivers and stuff that never f- would freeze froze okay which i wonder also if that's why this the water levels too would be low i but imagine it, so um hmm a fellow hunger stone in germany records the conditions that in no happy are in no happier terms if you will again see the stone so will you weep so sh- swallow the water so shallow uh, sorry dog scratching at me so shallow the water was in the year of 1417 others say things like we cried we cry and you will cry who once saw me he cried whoever sees me now will cry the reasons for such ominous bouts of weeping could be numerous when droughts and heat came it could signal not only a bad harvest but a lack of food and higher prices and as the water level sank, the river transportation became harder, threatening the livelihood of families living along the shore. Um, with the LB now at its lowest level in more than a half a century, the drought is also surfacing remains, reminders of a different kind of misery. Unexploded World War II bombs and hand grenades that have been corroding in this waterway for over 70 years. Wow. Well, scientists are still coming to terms with what Northern Hemisphere sweltering summer uh, portends for the future. A more recent inscription of the Hunger Rock at least tries to lighten the mood a little. Don't cry, girl. Don't fret. When it's dry, just spray your field wet. But yeah, I think that was during the Little Ice Age, if I remember right. Yeah. Because the Little Ice Age was like 250 years or something like that. But I'm wondering, now that I'm wondering how long it's going to take for them to, you know, just cover back up. I don't know. I mean, it's Especially, a Especially, let's say, when was this? Okay, this just happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if... Because um, it's kind of like what's after going on the right heat, After the heat, stro- heat stroke you know, finishes and it starts to get colder are, you know, the, are the waterways going to fill back up and those are going to vanish for another, um, 800 years. I don't know. Another couple hundred years. I really don't know. If we have another ice age that strikes, it's going to lower the water levels. So they'll show, um, or with more heat and things, less water, it's going to show. So who knows? Either which way you're still going to have food problems. Oh Yeah. You you found this one. I just I just opened up the next story we have on our on our list. Um yeah, and this was just like a week ago. Connecticut, a Connecticut man is facing charges after he shot at a ghost. And yeah, this story is really short. They had very little information. I imagine the journalist did not want to find this information. I don't blame them. Well, is it no different than the than the chick ha- that's been sleeping with lot money ghosts, and she's got a relationship uh-huh. with one and wants to have a ghost baby? <laughs> no, she doesn't want. She it's not that she wants to have a ghost baby. That she's she knows she's already had several. Had several ghost babies. Yes. <laughs> so a Connecticut man told police he was a paranormal investigator, um, 
And unfortunately, now he is being faced with several charges after firing shots in his house at what he told the police may have been a ghost. It may have been. He doesn't know for sure, but it may have been a ghost. So he's shooting his neighbors, his neighbors walking around outside. Yeah. A 25-year-old Christian DeVoe of Toland, Connecticut, is due into court on September 11th on charges of inclu- charges that include the illegal discharge of a firearm, making a false statement to the police, second-degree reckless endangerment, uh, misusing an emergency call, and disorderly conduct. Okay, so what I want to know is... Oh, okay. Uh, police say DeVoe put two bullet holes in the wall uh, on July 26th, uh, reporting the incident as an attempted break-in. So that would be why it would be falsehood. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He later told police he believed the intruder was actually a spirit. DeVoe, who is on a five thousand dollar who is free on a five thousand dollar bond, did not immediately return their return their phone call seeking comment. Uh, apparently, he had a similar report to this back in two thousand eleven. Don't you need like salt and not bullet holes? Uh, yeah. Isn't it like salt and herbs and I forget wall that you can get rid of spirits? Holy water? The, he did say initially he thought it was an intruder. So, so he could have tried to shoot at the person, initially believing they were human. A ghost would have been human at one point. Cassie. Yeah. But I'm, th- I'm thinking, like, he that's why he initially reached for his gun. But the fact that he kept shooting when he realized it was a ghost. Is even worse. Well, if he's a paranormal investigator, then obviously something, if it truly was a ghost, something followed him home. And he didn't do the cleansing before he went home in the first place. So, you know what? He should have had been followed home. Also, if he's obviously not a good one, as this happened, happened to him about, what, 2011? So about seven years ago. Yeah, because you're supposed to cleanse yourself. Because, so, you know, supposedly... Oh, Don and Kylo know more of this, but the stuff sticks. Like you could bring things home. Yeah, I've listened. I mean, you and I listened to tons of other podcasts, and that was one of the ones that someone had said. You know, they were followed home. They come home and have stuff happen and nightmares and things go flying in their apartment and stuff. That's something that uh, one of my coworkers they they've known they've been haunted for a while now. Uh, ever since, like, a couple years after her dad died, they knew he was still around. Uh, I was gonna say you wanted to but die. her daughter is now saying, like, the other day, other day she said, uh, when I go to bed, don't let, other, don't let other mommy come in. Other mommy? Other mommy, yeah. So there's a female. And she, and she was thinking, like, okay, maybe she's just saying, you know, because she's saying she, she, she likes this mommy. She doesn't like the other mommy. And first, first, my coworker's just like, oh, well, you know, it's just, she's just talking, meaning, like, you know, I don't like mommy when she's mad. And then she started hearing, you know, don't let other mommy come in at night. Sounds like someone needs some sage and some sweet wood. Yeah. I have some of that. Ken doesn't like sage. I do. But I know where so, you can get they're just hoping that her dad will stay around a bit longer to make sure nothing happens. Yeah. Well, we know enough people that are practicing that know how to do the cleansing. And if she ever needs it, we can get someone in there. Are you going to behave now? Cassie decided to sit in my lap. Ah. 
Don't lick the microphone. Oh my so lord. This one here, we were we were talking about before at one point. Uh, you were thinking that you were saying that you thought that the Black Knight satellite had been taken down. Yeah, there was video and stuff that I seen that you know, like the military surveillance. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, radar stuff. Yeah. Supposedly, they they shot the Black Knight satellite down, and then this one now they're saying that it, it, they didn't. And it's back, so makes me wonder what was actually shot down, or did it just get replaced with another one? Like maybe there's several of them out there. I don't know. Or did it just make them think that they shot it down and it just dis- like went through a portal and poofed away for a little while? It, that could very well have been. Um, but it's showing the pictures that they showed. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and there's some video here, too, from in space. It's a... I find it very pretty. It's It's one of those is just what actually is it? Because you know, NASA originally said it was a blanket. Some people think it's, you know, very, very old. Um, some people think Tesla, when he was doing his stuff, he was getting signals from it, you know, over 100 years ago. But no one really, really, tr- I mean, it's it's one of those where no one's going to really know what it is. The fact that it changes its trajectory is another big one. I don't know. We'll put this one up and you guys can watch the video and stuff. And but I know we've Yeah, it looks like this video is from two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first, the, the fir- it's first photographs they found were from back in 1998. So it's it's been around a while. So it's it's definitely either it dis- either it was shot down or it, there's another one out- and there's another one out there or it just found a way to vanish. Mm-hmm. It did a dude too, and it shot something else down. It it, it, it switched places. That's what it is. Bard, they it grabbed a satellite, shot it, let him shoot a satellite down, made him think it was the Black Knight and it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, this because it's the only reason I hate living in the city. You see some crazy things out you know, when you're away from the lights and things. Yeah. Um. Because I know when we were camping, oh Bart, you would have loved the skyline. The amount of stars was insane. But also seeing a, uh, a, I don't know if you want to call it a chemtrail or what, but seeing this glow because of the big, the uh, stars were so bright. Even Ken's like, what is that? What is that? That's how weird it was. Huh. But yeah, that's how bright it was. The stars and stuff, it lit the trail up, the contrail or chemtrail or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, whether the chem, whether the night, Black Knight satellite is still there or not, we'll... I guess we will never really know. No, it's <gasps> uh, unless we actually, you know, were able to go all the way up there, be able to grab it and bring it back down. Which, if if we were able to shoot it down and it's still there, uh, is not going to be an easy task. You found this one. Uh, yeah. So the headline, the headline is what got me right away. I know Big this lawsuit. Bigfoot researchers' lawsuits tossed out by Can- by Canada court. This is also the same guy. Yeah, Todd Standing is something else, but he um he also has a lawsuit in I don't know if it's Oregon, Washington, or California. It's one of the three. But anyways, go on. Okay, so uh, the court dismissed uh, his lawsuit, claiming that British Columbia failed in its duty to recognize that Sasquatch exists. 
Todd Standing tried to get the province to acknowledge that the creature was an indigenous mammal living within British Columbia, and he claimed that they infringed on his fundamental rights regarding his concern for the creature. The province argued that the civil claim lacked any air of reality. So um, the Supreme Court uh, found no reasonable cause for the lawsuit and said that the court had no power to compel the province to conduct scientific investigations uh, of its flora and fauna. The judge also dismissed the claim that Mr. Standing's rights were violated, stating that they had never placed any restrictions on any of his Bigfoot-related interests. Um, it says, The non-acknowledgement of the Sasquatch does not in any way prohibit or restrict the plaintiff's ability to express his thoughts, beliefs, and opinions regarding the Sasquatch. Not revealing specific locations where Sasquatch sightings occur is the decision of the plaintiff and in no way infringes on his ability to uh, expouse his beliefs regarding the Sasquatch existence. Um, so it says he had previously said he plans to file lawsuits in other jurisdictions in Canada and the U.S. where Sasquatch is believed to be. So, if you ever need to know, certain laws do not prevent you from actually believing that Sasquatch is real. Yeah, that one, um... I've seen some of his videos, and you got blob squatches, and you have stuff that looks like a bloody puppet or a mask with unblinking eyes just staring. Yeah. I've seen some of his stuff. It's like, okay, dude, I want to take my bat and show me. Yeah. It's pretty much with a lot of these. Show me. I had one that um, eons ago, uh, they had posted the video, and the video was so bad. Like, this guy's running and tripping and falling all over himself. The camera on his phone is all over the freaking place. You can barely see anything. And the best part is it looks like a freaking costume. People even found the costume on, um, like, Amazon or whatever. It was one of those white Yeti-looking costumes. Oh, jeez. And I straight up told the guy, show me. Take me big footing. You know, I mean, at the time yeah. I didn't have a dog, but it's like, I'll go. I'll bring my bat. I wouldn't be tripping all over myself and rolling around. I'd be high-stepping it. I mean, I guess that's what GoPro's for. Or you have a partner and they videotape and you take it haul off and whack. But then I guess, well, then I guess you would get in trouble, wouldn't you, if if the person, if it was an actual person in a in a costume? Yeah. But if they, if they, if they proved it was an actual person in a costume, then that would um, completely disavail all everything that they'd said mm -hmm. true and they can't let that happen true 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 it'd be interesting because right now it seems like a lot of the um sightings are being ramped up which would make sense if, if they're migrating south yeah but um ah oh, we'll see we'll see yeah this one's funny because we're talking about like all the rain and all the cold and stuff going on yeah um, woman mistakes dynamite for candles suffer severe injuries. When thunderstorms knock out power of for homes in um, Bridgeport, Connecticut, on Thursday, a 30-year-old woman grabbed what she thought was a candle but accidentally lit a stick of dynamite and suffered injuries. Um, the mother of two who had gone to Home Depot earlier that evening to try and buy emergency lighting 
the store was closed, so she, when she got back home, she went to her basement to grab what she believed were candles. The woman thought she picked up candlesticks left behind by the former resident of the house. When she grabbed it, was actually a quarter stick of dynamite. Why would you have dynamite in your yeah, house? Yeah, that's not really, like, okay, and even if they were left by the former resident, why would you never have got, like, gone and surveyed what was down there? Uh-huh. And normally don't it say dynamite, TNT, on the side of it? But they're, yeah, they're, it's pretty obvious that they're dynamite. Uh-huh. It says here, it's against the law to have dynamite or fireworks in the state of Connecticut, but police aren't pressing charges. But the, both police and fire department searched the home and removed another dynamite, dynamite device. <laughs> Authorities reminded residents to have backup lighting in their home in the event of a power outage. Authorities also remember reminded people to report any suspicious items that could cause a fire to the police. Well, did you know you can burn crayons? Well, they're wax. Exactly. What? I'm bringing up the last one. This was one that I just randomly found, and I thought it was too weird not to. <laughs> well, it's right up our alley. 7,200-year-old cheese stands alone among world's oldest. <laughs> That's kind of gross. Yeah, it kind of is. Okay, you want to you take this one? Yeah, so the earliest evidence of cheese making in the Mediterranean has been found in pottery from Croatia's Dalmatian coast, according to a new study. Uh, it, this uh, cheese that they found is 7,200 years old, and it's not even cheese anymore, but the fatty residue left all over from making, the, making it uh, is what's left. It was found inside pottery designed to make and hold soft cheeses and yogurt. Uh, the finding was, has serious implications for the history of the area, according to this study. Uh, it says uh, the anthropo anthropology professor at Penn State stated, this pushes back cheese making by 4,000 years. Uh, it's the earliest documented lipid residue evidence for fermented dairy in the Mediterranean and among the earliest documented anywhere to date, according to the study. Before this evidence, there were only a few recovered tools and literary references to cheese itself. Uh, milk was found in pottery from the area as long as 7,700 years ago, about 500 years before the presence of the fermented of fermented products, uh, which is the they just found. DNA analysis of the population shows that adults were lactose intolerant at the time, but their children were able to drink milk until about ten years old. Wow! And now we drink it until we die. Yeah, uh, milk, yogurt, and cheeses also influenced the style of pottery used to hold them during the early Neolithic period. Impressed ware was used to hold meat, fish, and milk. 500 years later, in 5200 BC, Danilo pottery was developed with multiple styles for different purposes. Uh, Figulina uh, held milk, animal fats, and fish, and was decorated and buff-colored. Buff Rita held cheese and had distinctive handles and large openings uh, shaped like animals or humans, and there were they used sieves 
to strain the milk after being separated. The researchers believe that the availability of milk and dairy products would have helped children in high-risk populations survive and even allow them to be weaned earlier, increasing the birth rates. So this one little thing of pottery gave them all this history that no one had ever known. That's interesting how it seems just one generation and they were able to, to eat it and drink it. Yeah. Well, it's like... For those who had never been introduced to it before, it didn't, you know, it did they they reacted differently to it than those who it was the first thing they drank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. That's that's kind of kind of kind of interesting. Which we've talked about this before. You know, past gets forgotten, basically. Well, in this case, the there was nothing to remember it from. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool though if you think on it. But... I know you want to get into your stories because I know you have more of those really cool books. Yeah, let's see here. I will pull out. Whoop. We got from, story time with Bart. Yes. Um, this one is from the book entitled Your Disgusting Head. I read that and I cracked up. Okay, so. The four greatest oral surgeries in history in reverse order. In night number four, in 1927, Dr. Dr. Edward McDemy of Edinburgh, Alabama, was called in on one day to treat a strange case. A patient one night had grown a set of shark's teeth just inside of his own teeth. The doctor began to question. What possessed you to start growing shark's teeth? The patient could offer no explanation. Dr. McDemy continued, I mean, what possible use could you have for them? Do you realize how hard those are to clean? (laughs) After some time alone, the doctor informed the patient that this nonsensical growth would have to be removed and the pain was to be expected. Uh, So um, it explains right here, shark teeth are like totally sharp. So if you didn't realize that, they are sharp. That Sunday, Dr. McDemy attended the annual hospital bobcat race, at which he approached a group of his colleagues with his predicament that this patient who insisted on growing shark's teeth inside his regular teeth. The reaction from the other doctors could only be described as being one long, loud guffaw. It was at that moment that Dr. McDemy informed his colleagues of his solution to the problem, a procedure that was so utterly, that was to so utterly change the shape of modern medicine. Dr. McDemy proposed applying the tablecloth trick, widely known by magicians and lumberjacks, as a new experimental form of dental surgery. <laughs> you know the trick. A clever person grabs a tablecloth and deftly yanks it out from under glasses and plates and the like, without disturbing the said glasses and plates. In this way, Dr. McDemy was suggesting that he could somehow harness the shark's teeth and with quick pull tear the teeth out, with the patient's mouth never being the wiser. And yet, even as Dr. McDemy was applying the tablecloth to the patient's mouth, the doctors were laughing. Then they laughed some more, and then they kept laughing for an uncomfortably long time. Then there was a break in the action, 
when someone dropped some candy on the floor and he really wanted it back. <laughs> when Dr. McDemmy resumed, the doctors laughed once again and even said, right, yeah, sure. However, when Dr. McDemmy made the cover of a Dentist Happenings the next month, none of these doctors were laughing, no, sir. It appears that we're out of room and have, oh, so it apparently works. It says, it appears we're out of room and have no space for numbers three through one, which is too bad because those ones were really sweet. So the number four greatest oral surgery in history was removing shark's teeth from a man's mouth. Would you like to know where snot comes from? Go for it. Uh, it says, many average people over the years have asked, uh, have sent in questions to these people about space and about the science and nature and space and food. Uh, and always I have answers. But one question asked most often uh, is, where does all this not come from? Usually this question comes from citizens who are in the midst of the cold or the flu. They find that they can blow their nose upwards of a hundred times a day, and every single time they fill their tissue with nasal output. How is this possible, they ask. Sometimes they weigh the snot for me, the most snot produced in one day. Paul Scola of, Burling of Burlingham, California, 11 pounds, 4 ounces. And once... At one time, the question, questioner even sent her collected snot, which she had secured in a mayonnaise jar. Note, in the future, if you're sending snot, please use a non-breakable vessel. It seems impossible that someone could produce and expel upwards of 12 pounds of snot in one day and not be dead. So the question is, where does all the snot come from? The answer is Detroit. It's the only place that could manufacture that much snot. As the world's largest pro largest producer of industrial snot, it only makes sense that they would also be supplying most of the world's personal use snot. Funny. Yeah, these... Uh, one of these days, I'm going to have to just, like, buy the whole set on Amazon. Christmas is coming up. Your birthday's coming up. Yeah. I'm so I'm going to have to. There, okay, listeners. Look, I'm looking for all of these books. I know only five exist. <laughs> you may be shocked to find all the ones that you didn't realize she wrote. Well, it, according to Amazon, there are only five mentioned. We'll have to find. Some, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, mine's not till next year. Uh, alrighty. What do you say, Bart? You you want to go more over on brain snot or? I I'd say that's pretty good for tonight. For tonight, we'll save some more for next time around. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure I can produce more and <laughs> more. let you know get a shipment from Detroit. More snot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So if you guys like our stories, you have any of your own, let us know. We are at TDF, um, TFTD, I can't even think right now. TFTD Podcast yes. at gmail.com. Yes. I'm looking at it. That's the sad part. 
heart. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am so tired right now. Um, and uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter. We are part of WeBeGeeksPC.com, TangentBowNetwork.com. We have merch on Tee Public. Uh, like us, review us, rate us on whatever um, you know podcast you're listening to. That makes it easier for people to find us and our crazy rabbit holes that we jump in. So I say it's a good show, Bart. I will. I know I will see you in a few days. Um, yeah, hopefully. Well, probably. Wait, are you coming Friday? Oh yeah, I'll see you Friday. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll see you Friday then. Um, so stay safe, and I will. Catch everybody later. Keep your eyes to the sky, ear to the ground. Everybody stay safe and have a good uh, week, weekend. And I will uh, catch up with everybody later. Bye, guys. Bye.